from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. The credit union movement is currently engaged in crucial conversations about structural racism and social justice. As credit unions consider how they can better support their employees, members, and communities, many are also learning more about diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI, and how it can guide credit unions in their efforts. I'm Casey Mishlevy, Deputy Editor with CUNA News. In this episode of the CUNA News Podcast, I speak with Samira Salem, CUNA's Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, about defining the elements of DEI, reviewing the member experience through a DEI lens, prioritizing DEI during a pandemic, and more. I want to start out talking a little bit about the acronym DEI. And in the credit union movement, we have been hearing a lot about DEI, and we have a pretty good understanding of what that represents, but maybe not as complete of an understanding of what each of those elements within DEI represents. So, Samira, I'm wondering if you can define each of those three pieces included in DEI for us, diversity, equity, and inclusion? Sure, Casey, that's a really good question. It's always important to start with the fundamentals and make sure we're all on the same page. Diversity is is really quite simple. It means difference. It's all the ways in which we are different from each other. And there are multiple dimensions of diversity. They include race and ethnicity, national origin, age, religion, sexual orientation or gender, gender identity. I can go on and on. What's also important to think about is when we talk about diversity, it's more than just acknowledging or tolerating difference. It's about valuing the diversity and that signals an appreciation for what makes us different and an appreciation for the interdependence of humanity and our different cultures and ways of being. So that's diversity, difference. Inclusion, when we talk about an inclusive workplace, it's one where diversity is valued. People feel a sense of belonging. They feel safe. They feel respected. They feel comfortable bringing their full selves to work. And in an inclusive environment, your success in your organization is not dependent on whether you fit into a certain mold or you're a quote-unquote cultural fit, right? Inclusive organizations will create that kind of environment and a culture that provides opportunities for diverse folks to achieve their full potential. So inclusive organizations, they value diversity and they're able to ultimately benefit from it. But I would say this, there's a well-known article that was published by um, Harvard Business Review entitled, Diversity Doesn't Stick Without Inclusion. We know diversity isn't enough and these two go together, right? Diverse organizations that aren't inclusive are gonna have trouble retaining their workers And they're going to ultimately lose out on the benefits of diversity. And finally, equity. Equity means fairness. I really love this definition by PolicyLink that defines equity. And they define equity as just and fair inclusion into a society in which all can participate, prosper, and reach their full potential. So it really pulls together the diversity, the inclusion piece, and also this notion of fairness So to be equitable means that you're providing people with what they need in order to improve the quality of their situation, despite historic patterns of exclusion. It also means that 
we need to work to identify and eliminate barriers that prevent people from prospering. Folks might have seen the graphic that shows equity versus equality, where you have folks standing on different sized boxes, and you know it shows them being able to look over the fence or not. And it really kind of juxtaposes this idea of the difference of equity and equality. Equality is about giving everybody the same thing, the same opportunity, right? Whereas equity means fairness, giving people what they need in order to prosper. For our fall issue of Credit Union Magazine, you have a great article about DEI in which you mentioned the image of a three-legged stool of DEI, and you wrote that the three-legged stool represents the values case, the business case, and the policy or regulatory case. What should we know about each one of those cases and why they're important to credit unions? I'm a very visual person. So for me, the stool worked. Other people see it as a Venn diagram. So, you know, either really work and um, the idea of these three pieces as is, is being critical for, for credit unions. And the first leg of the stool for me, and I always put it first, is the values case that credit unions have. Credit unions are uniquely positioned in the financial services industry because we've got that values case. It's based on our cooperative principles and our value of people helping people. And this really includes serving all communities, including those that have been traditionally underserved, those that are marginalized. We were, after all, established to provide access to financial services for those that were left out, right? Did not have access And one thing that we know is that in a changing marketplace like we have today, where we see growing inequities in income, in wealth, and access to financial services, credit unions have got to double down and be intentional about DEI so that we can continue to fulfill our mission and live up to our values. So that's the values case. The second leg of the stool is the business case. And not to overcomplicate it, but there are two pieces of the business case. The first is really market access. DEI brings access to an increasingly diverse population that are often underserved, and they often face barriers when it comes to financial services. They may have a different relationship to money. Like I mentioned, they might face different barriers. They might have different preferences or even different financial needs. So to remain relevant in this sort of changing marketplace, we need to better understand them. And to achieve this, we need to become more diverse, more equitable, and more inclusive in our organizations. That gives us the lens to better understand the needs of this changing marketplace. So that's the first part of business case. The second part is really about business performance. And I think this is the part that folks tend to hear a lot about because there has been more than three decades worth of research that shows that DEI is good for business performance. I'm not going to go into all of the stats, but we know that DEI is good for organizations' bottom line, and we know that this applies to credit unions too. Interestingly, CUNA just conducted an evaluation of Copera's Hispanic Outreach Program and Juntos Avanzamos designation, and it shows that when it comes to credit unions that participated in these programs, they had higher growth when it came to membership, higher growth in loans, higher growth in assets, greater earnings, and overall performed better. So this is 
I think, important because a lot of the evidence that we see comes from outside of the credit union world. And we're starting to be able to collect and show that, yes, this is true for credit unions as well. But it should also come as no surprise that diverse and inclusive organizations are more collaborative, they're more innovative, they're better able to avoid risks, we see better team performance, customer orientation, improved decision making. I mean, it it goes on and on. And this is all supported by just a a lot of of evidence and research. So I I mean, I could go on, but but ultimately becoming more diverse, more equitable, and more inclusive is a win-win for all. It's a win-win for your customers, for your members, and for the organization and employee satisfaction. The third leg of the stool is that it is a priority for policymakers and regulators. Policymakers, they care about diversity, equity, inclusion. Last year, the House Financial Services Committee established the first ever subcommittee on DEI. And since then, they've held a number of hearings on DEI um, within the financial services industry. In addition, Dodd-Frank established an obligation for all financial regulators to assess diversity practices in the regulated entities. And so NCUA created the Office of Minority Women and Inclusion, OMWI, which is responsible for taking the lead on this. So OMWI has a couple of initiatives. One of them is this self-assessment, voluntary self-assessment that looks at diversity practices in credit unions and helps them to gauge where they're at and also provides um, best practices. So that's available at NCUA's website. In some of these three legs of the stool, the values case, the business case, and the fact that it's a priority for policymakers and regulators, it's important for credit unions because it helps us to remain relevant. It helps us to remain competitive and true to our values in the changing marketplace. And like any usable stool, you have to consider all three of those legs in order for your initiatives to work the way that they should. Absolutely. And that's why the idea of also thinking about it, if it works better for you as a Venn diagram, right? These are all kind of interconnected or the stool, whatever you like. So for credit unions that are considering taking that first step into starting a formal DEI program or initiative, what would you say is the most important first thing that they can do? Really kind of do some deep soul searching in terms of your organization and where you're at and why this is important to you. This will become your North Star in this uncharted journey, right? There is no roadmap for this work and you will need to have a clear why. And connected to that is a commitment from leadership, from the CEO, from your board to this work. Having that commitment and the buy-in really goes a long way to ensuring that this is a lifestyle change for a credit union, right? On the one hand, we know that Credit unions have DEI in their DNA, without a doubt. We talked about that through the values case. On the other hand, what we're talking about is ensuring that this work is intentional and it responds to the needs of a changing marketplace. And so the pace and the speed and the level may be different. And, you know, this DEI approach is really one of taking a lens in your work, in your organization, and how you reach your members. So it certainly requires high level of commitment and clarity in terms of what you're doing. So I think that would be a really great place to start. And then there are all kinds of ideas of of where you can go next, but having that will ensure that your 
effort is set up for success. For those credit unions that are on the journey, thinking of starting the journey, it is a journey. And I would also say it's a lifestyle change or a lifestyle. It is something that once you begin to really intentionally do this work, it will become part of how you move forward. We talk about it as a journey, but there is no destination. It's continuous and we don't have a roadmap, right? This is something that we may run into to challenges, to roadblocks, and we need to be able to pick ourselves up, make course corrections, and continue moving forward. It's not going to happen overnight. We need to be patient with this work. And we also need to know that there are others out there that are doing it. And so we can connect with them, learn from them, and work together. And as far as measuring success, what is the best way for credit unions to do that to make sure that they're on the right track? So DEI efforts have two dimensions. There's the internal facing portion of it that's really focused on the organization, making your organization more diverse, more equitable, more inclusive, and the member facing piece, right? Ensuring that we're reaching and serving diverse populations We are promoting financial inclusion, more equitable in the service that we provide, right? So those are the two pieces, the internal and the external. So when we're talking about measurement, we need to also think about measuring in both of these spheres. Internally, we're trying to create more diverse, more inclusive, more equitable organizations. So thinking about diversity metrics over time, does your organization, including leadership, staff, boards, maybe even volunteers better reflect the diversity of your membership and potential membership. So that would be one place to look at. What does your retention look like? Right, Going back to the diversity inclusion piece, are you able to retain your diverse staff? Or is this a situation in which you are really trying to promote diversity in hiring and doing all the right things, but are having issues in actually retaining this stuff? So the retention piece, I think, is a key to how inclusive your organizational culture is, right? And so I think that's another metric that organizations should look at. Does everyone in your organization feel like they belong, like they can fully contribute to the mission of your organization? Do they feel safe? Do they feel valued? And like I said, this is going to show up in your staff retention numbers. So looking at that, achieving pay equity across different dimensions of diversity within the organization is another thing that organizations can look at. That's on the internal side. When we look at measuring the impact of our DEI efforts on on members, membership growth, right? Are credit unions reaching and serving more diverse members? Are we reaching and serving marginalized populations who are often either unbanked, underbanked? Are we able to deepen our, our financial inclusion efforts? Are we using a DEI lens to refine the products and services that we are developing to serve this diverse membership? And if we are and we're developing new products, how is our membership responding to these products? Are they better able to achieve their financial goals to save access capital, to buy a car, to get them to and from work, to build wealth? Are we gauging, are we tracking members' financial well-being and seeing a difference in that? The impact of our efforts are also going to show up in member satisfaction. Word of mouth will ultimately, and that loyalty will ultimately go back around and generate membership growth. So these are all kind of connected. And thinking a little bit more about the member experience right now or community experiences, we're in the middle of a pandemic. 
one that we know is disproportionately affecting traditionally underserved communities, people of color, women, people of low incomes. How should credit unions be putting DEI principles into practice during the coronavirus crisis? I wrote an article at the start of the pandemic that argued that while we may be tempted to put aside DEI as sort of an extra right now, now is really the time for credit unions to double down on DEI. You're absolutely right. There has been a disparate impact and we have vulnerable populations and credit unions should be using a DEI lens in their efforts to meet the needs of their most vulnerable members. And a few ways that credit unions can do this is by asking the right question. When we say using a DEI lens, it means really scanning your products and services, understanding who benefits Who might be harmed? Are there unintentional biases that are baked into the products that make them inaccessible to certain groups? And here it would be helpful to consider the insights from your frontline staff regarding member needs, barriers members are facing, and some of the unintentional consequences of your products and policies. And frontline staff are cued into this because they see it day in and day out. So really kind of relying on them and, like I said, asking the right questions. The second thing I would say is really know your pain points. Understand the particular challenges vulnerable populations are facing and really try to ensure that you're being responsive to their needs. One example that I like to share is it's more common for households of color to be multi-generational. It's not true across the board. But it is something that if one person loses a job or gets sick, you have serious knock-on effects for the entire family. And talk about financial vulnerability. So understanding that situation will give you a better sense of how you might be able to work with this particular family or this particular group. Using a DEI lens in your communication to your members If you have members who are non-English speakers, translate your communications into the relevant language. Gobeta does an amazing job. They have provided some COVID-related basic documents and templates that are translated into Spanish. So, you know, you might check out their website for those sorts of resources. Consider staffing your branches and phone lines with bilingual staff. So non-English speakers can receive equitable service. Another one is access to technology because of the fact that folks are maybe not using the branches as much or we don't have as much access to branches. Consider the fact that some members may not have access to smartphones or tablets or computers, and this is going to pose barriers to their online banking. So some credit unions have set up their drive-through windows, ATMs, more phone service, that sort of thing. And so that's important to consider in terms of ensuring that we're using a DEI lens to provide access and equitable service to our members. CUNA is a founding organization of the new CU DEI Collective, and I know that you've been a big part of that. What are some of the goals of the collective and how can credit unions get involved? So the DEI Collective is, is, for those who don't know, is is a network of primarily nationally focused system-level organizations. The collective is committed to furthering DEI in our industry because we believe it's essential to having a vibrant, growing industry. 
Our mission has really been to really work to support the advancement of DEI in our industry. And ultimately, we would like to be like the hub or a forum to share research, to share ideas, to share expertise, and bring credit unions together to have those sorts of of conversations around best practices, for example. In terms of how credit unions can get involved, I would encourage credit unions to go to the DEI Collective's website. It's www.cudeicollective.org. The collective recently put a statement of solidarity with the African-American and Black community that was done in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. Given the tragic events in Wisconsin this week, the statement and the pledge that's attached to that, there's a pledge to action. These are, I think, even more urgent and worthy of consideration. So take a look at the website, www.cudeicollective.org. There's a pledge there. I believe it's something like over 150 credit unions and system partners have signed on to that pledge. Consider signing on to that pledge. The pledge includes, it's a pledge to action and it includes some concrete steps and ideas that credit unions and system partners can consider taking. Certainly worthy of consideration. So that's the most immediate way that that credit unions can get involved. The network, we're not a formal organization, but the network is still in the process of launching itself. So I would really encourage credit unions to come back to the website and check it out. We'll have more information about other opportunities um, and certainly resources as we go forward. And finally, Samira, as CUNA's new Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, what are some of the priorities that you'll be focusing on in your new role? I'm super excited about this role. The work is really incredibly meaningful to me. And as we've been talking about, you know, vitally important for our movement and our members and the nation, quite frankly, credit unions hold a really unique place and we can move mountains when it comes to this work and really be a a leader. And so in terms of my priorities, I, I feel really fortunate. CUNA is committed to being a more diverse, more equitable and inclusive workplace. And also, I should probably say, is supporting efforts to deepen DEI in the system. So those are really the two pieces of my work. As I mentioned, there's the internal piece and the external piece. On the internal side, I will be working to finalize our strategy for advancing DEI, our DEI goals internally at CUNA. We're already setting up sort of a cross-organizational DEI advisory group that will help advance this work. For me, what's important is that we ensure that it's really a cross-enterprise effort, that it's not only a cross-enterprise effort, but there's accountability across the enterprise for this work. In addition, we're um, working on setting up uh, enterprise resource groups or affinity groups. And the idea here is really to kind of build community, deepen a sense of belonging, you know, and empower employees so that they can help us continue to meet the needs of diverse workforces um, as we move forward. There's a lot to build off of. There's been a lot of work that's been done in the last couple of years. And I would say that on on the external side, I'm working with our, our teams at CUNA to ensure that our offerings to members continue to reflect and encourage a commitment to DEI. So we're looking at what our offerings are, trying to identify needs and gaps in terms of this work and figuring out how we can either work to fill those gaps, work with our partners. And that's the other piece of this sort of external role is continuing to deepen our relationship with our system partners 
so that we can collaborate with them, amplify the amazing work that they're doing around DEI, including the work of the DEI collective that we just talked about. And finally, the other piece of in terms of my priorities is to continue to support CUNA's amazing advocacy work. So I've been working with the policy analysis and research team. We'll continue to do so to ensure that we can articulate to policymakers the amazing work that credit unions are doing to serve diverse communities and promote DEI in financial services. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. 